We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So we are going to break down the Big Ten. You and I both went through and we predicted what the Big Ten is going to look like. Both divisions. We did them one through seven, both divisions. And then obviously the top two play in the Big Ten championship. And, you know, what does that look like? Right. We'll talk about that briefly as well. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to predict the order of finish in both divisions. And then we will kind of focus on who we think are the top contenders for the championships why we picked the teams that we picked, but then also what the potential stumbling blocks could be for those teams in contention. So we'll talk about three from the East, two from the West. We'll do then do our conference champion winner, and then we'll predict whether or not that conference champ will be in the college football playoff. And I'll give you a little bit of hint. My big 10 champ is in the college football playoff. Is? Yeah. Is in the college football playoff. I would agree with that. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. 
FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. So, Vince, let's start in the West. Let's start with that division okay. because I think the East is more fun to talk about. So let's get the West out of the way. I'll give you my seven, and you can give, <laughs> okay. you can give yours as well. Go ahead. I'm predicting Iowa to win the West at 10-2. Okay. I think both conference, both losses will be in conference. I have Wisconsin second. Okay. I have Illinois third, but I, I really am leaning towards wanting to have Illinois higher. I actually like Illinois this year. We'll get into that here a little bit. Okay. I have Nebraska four, Minnesota okay. five. I have Minnesota lower than most. And that's more so about really being down on Minnesota than being hyped up about Nebraska. I have Purdue number six and then uh, Northwestern number seven. They're going to be one of the worst teams in Power Five football this year, in my opinion. Oh, that is yeah. my one through seven for okay. the West. I do think Iowa is the clear, to me, mm-hmm. is the clear best team in the West, but they still have a lot to prove. Sure. And and that's what we're going to find out. I, I could see Wisconsin winning it if the transition to the new all systems go smoothly. I just don't think that it will. But Illinois is a team, Vince, that could be really interesting to me. So let's let's talk about the, these teams. Obviously, uh, what was your seven? Okay. And then let's talk about kind of, of who the true contenders are for the Western Division Championship. So you might be surprised by this, um, but I had Iowa first as well. That's not what I think you're going to be surprised about. So I did have Iowa first as well for a lot of the same reasons that you did, and we're going to get into that. You know, I have second place, which I, I thought maybe I was crazy here, but after hearing you talk, maybe not. I have Illinois. Second, I have Illinois second, I have Nebraska third, I have Wisconsin fourth, Purdue, Minnesota, Northwestern. And obviously I agree with your Northwestern take, that's why they're at the bottom. Um, I don't have a whole lot of faith in Minnesota, that's why they're second from the bottom. So I kind of did it. So you had Minnesota behind Purdue? I do. Wow, okay. Yeah, I do. I I I hate that. I wouldn't uh, hate that at right. all. And no, it might be wishful thinking to a degree. And it's only you, the you, difference you, between you, admit, Vince, you allow your six. personal life. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like from people to impact your, be your the rankings. first one to yes. admit that one. Yes. No doubt about it. Yes. Um, so, but I, I have Wisconsin lower than a lot of people. And I know that. And that has nothing to do with my general dislike for Luke Fickle. Like that really did not play into it. It mm-hmm. had, it's, it's, it is an absolute X's and O's reason. Correct. I think the drastic change in offensive scheme is going to lose them two or three games this year. I and, really do. And think I'm that. not as high on t- Tanner Mordecai as others either, Vince. I'm not. Sure. I'm just, I'm not a believer in Tanner Mordecai. They lost a lot from last year. And and I know that they added some guys in the transfer portal, but I don't think their transfer portal pickups were the kind of needle movers that people think they are. They do have a lot coming back in the front seven, which I like, but it's not your typical Wisconsin front seven, which is partly why they struggled last year to me. Right. And their secondary replaces some guys offensive line wise. They bring three guys back. They've got some decent weapons on the perimeter, but this is a big adjustment they're making. They're going Man, they're going from a pro-style 21 personnel, downhill, under center, you know, shotgun mix type of offense to an air raid. And, you know, to me, I just don't see. Now, I think down the road they could be good because they got a transfer quarterback that, that as of right now is not projected to start. But if he ever becomes a starter, he could do some things. That's Nick Evers. It's a kid from Texas who originally signed with Florida. When that whole thing happened, he ends up sign- then going to Oklahoma. 
and then transfers to Wisconsin this year to run that offense. So I, I'm a big fan of Nick Evers. Talent-wise, he's just a little bit raw. He's got some things to work on. But I think that's going to be a tough adjustment for me. And, and when it comes down to it with Iowa, Iowa's the team that has the most consistency from last year to this year. And, and you know, from a coaching standpoint, you do have the same coaches. Now, in some ways, that's not a good thing. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think with Brian Ferentz, but he is on the hot seat. I think he got a little embarrassed sure. last year. You know, uh, you've got the con- – I mean, they, they went eight – but here's the thing, Vince. They went eight and five last year with a, a, an offense that averaged 17.7 points. Oh, my gosh. That offense was yeah. was historically yeah. bad. And as bad as they were the first half plus the season where they were three and four to start the year and lost three in a row to Michigan, Illinois, and Ohio State, got destroyed by Ohio State. They won five of their last six, including a 21 to nothing beatdown of Kentucky in the bowl game. To me, and, and I look at this team, I mean – their defense in the second half of the year at Iowa was just unreal good. I mean, unreal good. They held Purdue to three points. Y'all know how hard that is to hold Purdue to three. I mean, because they, yeah, yeah, they can move it, the ball. They can move the football. The Nebraska game, they gave up 24 points. Vince only gave up 329 yards of offense. I mean, it's like they did not give up 400 yards of offense in a single game last year, not one. Now, Minnesota got close with 399 yards. Mm-hmm but they only scored 10 points. That's a that's an outstanding defense, and they did that. Now, they lost some really good defensive players, but I've already pointed this out in the past. Iowa has a very long history of losing really good football players and replacing them the next year with really good football players. Talked about this 2016. Jaleel Johnson is in double figures. The next year he's gone. Josie Jewell and Parker Hess step up with double-figure tackles for loss. They're both gone. The next year, A.J. Epinesa and Anthony Nelson step up with double-figure tackles for loss. Uh, Epines and Golson were their two top guys. The next year, they're they're gone. Davian Dixon steps up with 13 and a half tackles for loss in eight games. Uh, Zach Valkenberg has eight and a half tackles for loss in eight games. Then Valkenberg steps up the next year because Dick Nixon goes uh, is gone. Valkenberg steps up the next year with 15 tackles for loss. Then he leaves, and then Deontay Craig and Lucas Van Ness step up this the next year with both in double figures and tackles for us. It's like a different guy every year. You know, they lose Van Ness. They lose uh, They lose Jack Campbell, the linebacker. They lost the cornerback. That's what the they got drafted by the Broncos. But there's a lot of talent coming back on that defense and and a lot of veterans. And, of course, they have arguably the best defensive coordinator in college football. The big thing for me, however, is it's the offense. That's right. it for me, is I think this offense is going to be competent. Now that may not be a ringing endorsement for for Iowa, <laughs> but it that's is a very ringing year. endorsement. It's, yeah, it is compared to last a competent year. offense makes Iowa very hard to beat in the regular season. When you've only got a week to prepare for them, it makes them very hard to beat. I mean, as much as we talk trash about the kid that they had last year, quarterback, and he was pretty bad. Let's not forget that same quarterback the year before led them to the Big Ten championship game, throwing ten touchdown passes, nine in the regular season. They went 10 and two with that kid at quarterback in the regular season. That kid threw nine touchdowns and had six interceptions. He had minus 109 rushing yards on the year and they played for the big 10 championship with a 10 and two record. You're now adding a kid who, who was a part of a game manager part, but a part of Michigan going to the college football playoff. The jump between Spencer Petrus and Cade McNamara is enormous. Now they lost Sam Laporte at tight end. That's that's going to sting, but they added Eric All, transfer from Michigan, who's a good football player. Uh, they've got some weapons coming back. I really like this Iowa football team. 
I do. Mm-hmm. I, I do. And, and if they make it to the title game this year, they're not going to get worked like they did two years ago. They'll be competitive. I don't think they have enough firepower to win the Big Ten. Agreed. They would need some breaks to go their way, some turnovers and things like that. They're just not going to go out and play the winner of the East. But they're going to surprise some people. I got them going 10-2. to two, And as long as the offense is competent, they're going to be a really good football team this year. And the schedule, Vince, to me is challenging, but but doable. So there's no Ohio State and there's no Michigan this year on their schedule, which helps. Sure. They do have to play at Penn State early. So oh, Iowa State, obviously, on the road. That's a game they need to win. In September 23rd, they play at Penn State. If they can somehow be 3-1 and one with only losing to Penn State in a competitive game, the rest of the way, very manageable. Michigan State at home should be a win. Purdue at home should be a win. This is the big one at Wisconsin. That's a big one. Now, right now, I actually have them losing that game. So mm, I have them losing to Penn State and Wisconsin. Okay. Then they're home against Minnesota. They play Northwestern at Wrigley. They play hmm. Rutgers at home, Illinois at home, and then at Nebraska. That could be for all the marbles in the West. That game at Nebraska could be the big one. Now, with Wisconsin, the reason I still have – even though I have Wisconsin winning the head-to-head because it's in it's at Camp Randall, here's why I have Wisconsin still not winning the division. Because Wisconsin has to play – if you look at their schedule, they have to play Ohio State. They have to play at Illinois. They have to play at Minnesota. And I just see them kind of stubbing their toe somewhere along the line. So, you know, even if they beat Iowa, they still have the next two weeks. They play at Illinois and then home against Ohio State. They also play at Minnesota. And obviously, they have to play Nebraska as well. So, I just – I have a feeling that they're gonna, they're just gonna have that 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 loss that you're just like that's because they're transitioning to this new system, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of how I how I have them. So that's no, why I have Iowa yeah. winning it. No, I, I I feel like Iowa they're good enough to win the West, right? I think their defense alone is good enough to win the West, and their offense is going to take a step. And it can only take a step in the right direction. I don't see how it could be worse. Uh, but if they, like you said, if they even have a competent offense, they'll win the West. And I, and I, I hate to say it, but I feel like they're going to win it going away. Like, I don't feel like it's going to be all that close. That's just me talking. Now, the problem is going to be after they win the West and then they go to the championship, whoever they play against doesn't matter. They're going to, they're going to have the same situation that Notre Dame has faced in the past where they're going to have a really good defense that wins them a lot of games they're not going to have an offense to win them championships. Correct. You know, whether that's conference or otherwise, they're just Correct. not going to have an offense that can score enough points against better than average defenses yes. to win them championships. Which is the the reason why Kirk Ferentz has won multiple West championships in recent seasons, right. but is yet to be able to actually win the conference championship. And right. I think they've been in three, I believe, in the playoff era. They lost to Michigan State that one year. I remember that. They lost to Michigan two years ago. I think there was a third one. No, there was only the two. Okay. So was, they, they had the year in 2015 where they lost to Michigan State. And again, Vince is a similar situation. They lost 16 to 13. Defense did its job. Offense didn't. They got worked by Michigan two years ago, but their offense was just abysmal. Right. But that's really what it boils down to for me is I think this team is is the is going to be the best team in the West because right. they finished second and first in their division the last two years with Spencer Petras a quarterback. You know, I just I think it's right. they're gonna be a lot better. Agreed. Wisconsin again, I'm not a Tanner Mordecai believer. I think that transition is gonna be a lot harder than people think tough. it's going to be. And I don't love their overall talent anyway. I just I think people think this is like a vintage Wisconsin team, and what they're missing is 
Paul Christ had didn't just have issues with like he didn't forget how to coach football. Right. He just couldn't. He didn't recruit very well. Mm-hmm. And because him and his staff didn't recruit really well, the further they got away from the previous staffs, and it became more about his roster, just wasn't built the way it used to be. And I think that was also something that's not being. I think they just well, you know, Paul Chris had a bad year coaching. I think it goes a lot further than that. I just don't think their team is super talented, to be honest with you, which is why I'm going with Wisconsin because I just still need to see Illinois do it, right? That's the big thing for me, Vince. I need to see Illinois do sure. it. Sure. And, you know, can Luke Altmeyer be that guy, quarterback for them? Can they replace Chase Brown at running back? They're going to have a really salty defense again this year, Vince. We talked about it last year. Remember, Illinois was our sneaky sleeper team in the West last year. And I, right. they're my sneaky sleeper team again this year. Not just last year was to finish higher and be better than people thought. And we were kind of right about that. They were better than people thought last year. But I'm actually more so this year now, Vince, saying it, it's not even about that. It's about I think they could be – they can end up winning the West. It's not out of the realm of possibility that that Illinois wins the West for me. They finished second last year with four losses. I think the team that wins the West is going to have at you know at least two losses, maybe three. I could see Illinois being that team, and and I am really looking forward to that September matchup where Penn State has to go to Illinois. That is going to be a re- that's going to tell us a lot about both teams, a lot about both teams at that point in time in the season. So. The rest of them, to me, there's a big there's a big gap sure. after those three. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. I, I, I mean, again, like you kind of gave me the side eye when I have Purdue over Minnesota or whatever. No, no, no. I wasn't disagreeing. No, with you. I just thought no, I no, heard no. you differently. Yeah, I no, no. I said, no. "You're crazy." No, it's I, like I'm, I'm down on Minnesota it's too. Second half, like that bottom half of the West is just throw them in a barrel and pull out whoever you know what I mean like that's kind of how I feel about it except for the fact that Northwestern is going to be on the bottom like that's the only that's the only sure thing I think about the West this year is that Northwestern is going to be on the bottom and I feel like mm-hmm. Iowa's going to be on the top like that those are the two sure things how the rest you know kind of breaks out let's kind of see how it works and how it goes uh, but I feel very strongly in Iowa and I feel very strongly in Northwestern so yeah uh, but again, the West is still the little brother to the yep. East. Yep, big time. Let's move <laughs> on to the East, Vince. And let's go. Yes. This time I'll let you go with your first seven. Okay. You go with your seven prediction and I'll give mine. So I'm curious if we're going to be on the same. I know I know we're not on the same page at two and three. Correct. And I, I think there's a big drop off from after three. This, yes. Yeah. Just give give your seven and, and okay. I'll, I have two comments to make about drop off. Okay. But, but cool. go ahead. So I've, I've got Ohio State winning it. Michigan two. Penn State three. This is where I was kind of like, okay, which direction do I go with the bottom four? To be honest with you, I ended up going, and this is probably more heart than anything else, but I went Michigan State, IU, Maryland, Rutgers as my bottom four. So you had Maryland six? I did. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We are definitely off on a lot of these in the West. So I'll go here for East. I'll go. Here's my, here's my East. I go Ohio State one. Penn State two, Michigan three. The reason I have it that way, Vince, is I have them both ten and two, with two okay. conference losses. But I have Penn State winning the head-to-head. So okay, that's why I because they play they play each other and it's at Penn State. I have Maryland four because I, I I do like Maryland for that next team. Now there's a big drop off between three and four. Yeah, and then to me there's an even bigger drop off between four, four and, and everybody else. I have Rutgers actually number five. Okay, 
I have Michigan State at six and then Indiana at seven. Indiana's talent is just not good. And Michigan State losing their quarterback, who wasn't that good to begin with, and Keon Coleman, and that just is a, that's a, a, a tough situation for Michigan State. So I, I am not high on the Spartans this year, Vince. I think they're going to really struggle. I just don't think they were able to kind of replicate that magic that they had from a couple years ago. Right. Just haven't been able to do it. And then you know, the, and the thing that hurt them so much about the kids that left was that they left so late. It was after spring ball. I. I hate the fact that there's a window after spring ball. That that, right. that should not be the case. Yeah. And their schedule does them no favors. They got to play Washington. They got to play at Iowa. They got to play at Ohio State. Then they get Penn State and Michigan, obviously, because it's in the division at home. I would almost would have rather played those two teams on the road and got somebody else at home. The Rutgers game at Rutgers is not going to be a – it's not going to be easy. Maryland at home, not going to be easy. They're They're going to – I think it's going to be a long year for Coach Tucker and the Spartans this year. Yeah. So I have them five, six, and I have Indiana seven. Okay, is how I have it. But there's a big, um, there's a big drop between the top three, and that's that's the big, that's the nature of the Big Ten. There's like three teams that are better than everybody else. Then there's like that next group of like good programs: Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois is now in that. And then there's a couple. Then there's just like not very good teams, and then there's just absolute garbage at the bottom of the division right right like vanderbilt would would who we most agree is the worst team in the sec would smash like in my opinion most years like the bottom three or four teams in the big sure like it is and now that kansas doesn't suck anymore right i mean iowa state was the worst team in the big in the big 12 last year and didn't they didn't they almost beat ohio iowa state i mean it was like 10 to 7 right they almost beat they almost beat Iowa last year, in my opinion. So oh actually, I'm sorry, they beat Iowa last year, 10 to 7. They're the worst team in the Big 12. So the Big 10 is a, a really good at the top and a bunch of nothing after it. It really it really is that way to me. And PJ Fleck not being able to step up and lead that program and and you and i talked about this from day one the whole row the boat thing it was always about pj yes and that's why i know yeah. i don't ever believe in them i'm sorry i just i just don't man and and again i do a lot of my picks on emotion and i do yeah. it, but i just i've never believed in a coach who's all about himself right and he it's so obvious they did there was like a documentary that kind of followed pj fleck a, around and you know whatever and it was just, you know, he's showing off his belt buckle and he's doing mm-hmm. it. Just, it's just all about him. Yeah. And like the first thing that they did when he moved in is they put all the row the boat crap, you know, like yeah. all over the place. You know, it's I don't just know like, what that has sick. to do with gophers, but whatever. I, whoa. Yeah, it just it's all about him. And that's my biggest problem with him yeah. at Minnesota. Yeah. So, so let's move on from him. We both think yeah, Minnesota's yeah, going to yeah, struggle yeah. this year. Let's talk about our top three events. We both <laughs> have Ohio State at the top. I still think – look, Ohio State is now in – they got to prove it, right? Absolutely. So I'm not in a – oh, they're definitely going to get back on track. No, they got to prove it. I think they're going to get back on track. I actually don't think they're going to lose a conference game this year. I have them 11-1. and one. I do not have them losing a game in their conference. I think they're going to run the league this year for two reasons. Number one is okay. to get Penn State at home. What's that? Can you what? I said, okay. Okay. Yeah. I think it's a, can I, I thought you were going to say, can I get Oh, no, no. I said, oh, okay. Obviously, I have them losing to, Ohio, to Notre Dame. Yes. I think that's going to be their loss. But I, I think like they're going to, 
I think that's still – it's just a little bit too early for Kyle McCord to really hit his groove or Devin right. Brown, whoever wins the starting job. I think that Notre Dame game is going to kind of be the catalyst for Ohio State this year. Uh, I think that's going to be something that really helps kind of springboard them. I think it's going to be kind of the wake-up call they need. I think the thing that hurt Ohio State last year, Vince, is that they didn't get the wake-up call they needed, right? Because they beat Notre Dame in the opener, and then after that it was Arkansas State who stinks – Toledo, Wisconsin, who was bad, Rutgers, Michigan State, who was bad, Iowa. You had the game at Penn State that you kind of pulled away late. You kind of slept, walked through the Northwestern game. You killed a bad Indiana team. You slept, walked through the Maryland game. They didn't have that punch in the face, wake up, holy moly, we got to step up and be that team moment like they did in 2014 against Virginia Tech. And that Ohio State's just kind of needed in past years. And so – when I look at that team this year, Vince, I think the 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 Ohio State, the Notre Dame game is going to sort of be that moment for them, that kind of catalyst, galvanating thing. Plus, some guys are going to start getting some experience by then. Sure. After that, they have Purdue, on they have Maryland at home at Purdue, home against Penn State. I think that's going to be where we really determine who Ohio State is, is how they get ready for that, because then they go at Wisconsin uh, for a big game. But okay. Penn State just has been able to play Ohio State tough. No team like Michigan has played Ohio State tough recently, and then there was a couple years like in sixteen. But Penn State just has consistently played Ohio State tough. They just can't beat them, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's going to happen this year in Columbus either. And I just feel like they're going to get back. I just I have I have a hard time coming to the reality of of Michigan beating Ohio State three straight times. I just I, yeah, it's I'd, certainly possible. Of course, certainly it is. possible. Of course it is. Yeah, but but I just I, think year two of, yeah. of the Jim Knowles era, I I have some issues with Michigan that I'm going to get into here a little bit uh, that lead me to it. But I also think one of the there's two things that are gonna that are going to be good for for now. Keep in mind the last time that Michigan beat Ohio State three times in a row, I was in high school in in my freshman year of college like that's how long ago that was <laughs> but it comes down to this so was that late 90s 95 to 97 okay. so Maybe my later. junior senior years of high school and then my freshman yeah. year of college yeah okay and they had some cat named Charles Woodson on that last team yeah, that won it, good. by the way but when i look at ohio state two things i think are going to be the reasons for it i do think the loss in their name which i'm predicting is going to be sort of that early season wake-up call, non-conference wake-up call. Here's the reality. If, if their only loss is at Notre Dame and they run the table, they're clearly in the playoff, like very oh, much yeah. deservedly in the playoff. For sure. Unless the Notre Dame game is a blowout, and I don't anticipate it being a blowout. I mean, that, no. that I, could it happen? I guess. I mean, breaks go weird and some weird – sure. But I just – that would be the ultimate homer take of all homer takes. To, to say, I think Notre Dame wins because they're at home. They're more experienced. They have the better quarterback. And I don't know that Notre Dame has been able to say that against Ohio State in a very long time. So that's kind of why I have it. But that loss and the fact that they don't have a first-round draft pick at quarterback is eventually going to be the best thing for Ohio State. And I think by November, this is going to be a really, really dangerous football team. Really dangerous football team. Because I think it's going to force them to be more balanced. I think the thing that's going to hurt them against Notre Dame and early in the season is their offensive line is a patchwork unit right now. I'm having buddies text me talking about like one of their freshmen might start this year. That could be a problem against Notre Dame. 
But I think by the time they kind of get into that that Penn State Wisconsin back to back, which is in October, I think they're going to have at least been able to figure it out enough to where the offensive line is going to start playing better. The run game's really going to take off, and they're going to be a more balanced team. The other factor is I just think by the time we get to November, this defense is going to be playing at a very high level. They've got talent. Sure, it's just okay. That's when the light goes on of hey, we've got we've kind of figured this defense out. So that's where I'm at with Ohio State. I have them as the team to beat in the West. I mean, yeah. in the East, I think they're going to be a playoff team. I think they're incredibly talented. I think that um, it may take them a little bit to get rolling, just like the 14 title team. But if you remember that year, Vince in 14, by the time we got to November, that team was unreal good, man. I mean, they look so bad. I've never. I, it's it's very rare that you see a team. Like USC kind of went through this in 2016, but they had four losses. But I can't tell you if I if I've ever seen a team look that bad in their first two games and really looked kind of sloppy, big chunk of the year, be that dominant down the stretch. I mean, they they beat Navy 34-17 in a game that was a was pretty competitive. They beat Cincinnati convincingly, but Cincinnati wasn't that good. They gave up 28 points, gave up 24 to Maryland, played a bad Rutgers team, only beat Penn State by a touchdown. But that Penn State game gave them some confidence. They blew out Illinois the next week. They blew out number five Michigan State on the road. It was 49-37, but it wasn't that close, if you remember. Uh, then they had some tough wins over, over Minnesota, Indiana. They had a 14-point win over Michigan. And then they beat Wisconsin 59-0 in the Big Ten title game. Then they went on to beat Bama and Oregon to win the title. I kind of see – I'm not saying they're going to win the title. I kind of see a similar thing here where they're not going to look like a vintage Ohio State team in September – and even early October, which is going to have people, oh, no, Ryan Day, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. But I think by the time we get to November, they'll mm-hmm. have they'll have a the – have will have changed. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. what we're going to see by November, Vince, is we're going to see a team uh, that the light has kind of gone on a little bit for them. I think the Penn State victory that I'm predict- predicting they're going to win on October 21st, followed by a road victory at Wisconsin, is then going to be like, okay, yeah, this team's pretty good. And then they've got Rutgers, Michigan State, and Minnesota before then. But the thing about it is I think that early loss for this Ohio State team is going to be the catalyst that the Oregon game was not for them two years ago in that they're going to know, hey, guys, we're one, we're, one, we're in single elimination mode now. We're in you know survive and advance mode now. We can't afford another loss. It's going to prevent them from getting sort of the st- – I think they just kind of got overconfident last year. Like, oh, you know, we're just playing all these bad teams. And they just got complacent. That's what I'm looking for, complacent. They just thought they're going to roll the balls out and get their payback against Michigan. And they realized, they oh, we can't do that. In the mouth. And I think if they have a loss this year, and it's kind of like, well, if we are going to get to where we want to get to, we can't lose again. I think that's going to kind of zero Ohio State in in a way that they haven't had. And I think, and I think it's going to force them to kind of become a more balanced football team. So that's why I have Ohio State number one. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. 
The only the, the biggest question mark for Ohio State for me is obviously lack of experience at the quarterback position. I mean, and that's why I like the fact that Notre Dame's playing them early in the season. Correct. No doubt about it. Absolutely no doubt. Just like Oregon does not beat them in November in 2021. Exactly. Once Kyle McCor- once uh, CJ Stroud had because right. to your point, Vince, CJ Stroud played one more snap in 2020 than what Steve Angeli played last year for Notre Dame as a true freshman. There you go. Through zero passes as a freshman right. in 2020. Right. So, I mean, I, you know, that's the biggest question mark for, for this Ohio State team. And then some secondary question marks would be year two of Jim Knowles. What does that look like? But I've got a lot of confidence that it's going to look pretty stinking good. And so, you know, that becomes less and less of a question mark as the season goes on. And obviously Notre Dame's going to be playing them in Notre Dame's week five, but Ohio State's what, week four, right? If I'm, if I, if I'm doing the math. Yes. Right. Week four yeah. for Ohio state game right. five. So it's game four for Ohio state. It's game five, game for, five Notre for Notre Dame. Dame. Right. Yeah. So, so Notre I Dame will have a week of practice plus an NC state right. game as sort of a get them ready for that, which Ohio right. state won't have. They've got which, Youngstown, Indiana and Western Kentucky. Right. So this is Ohio. you know, Notre Dame's going to be Ohio state's first test, just like it was last year. Cause it was the first game of the season. Correct. And as the chat is, is going off over here, they're talking about if Sam Hartman was the quarterback last year at Notre Doesn't Dame. Doesn't matter. He wasn't. They lost. I totally get yeah. that, but but I have confidence in that and all you know whatever. So, but we're not talking about Notre Dame versus Ohio State. We're talking about Ohio State in the Big Ten. Right. Okay, right. and I still think that they are the class of the Big Ten, regardless of their quarterback questions, because they're right. going to feast off of the bottom part of this division. And when it comes time to play Michigan, look. I I'm I will say right now I will be absolutely floored if we get a third in uh, installment of Michigan Ohio State that yeah, we've had just, the last two years. I I was, I was shocked it happened twice to be honest yes. with you, and, and that's what gives even, me a little bit of pause. I mean, I was I was dogmatic that Ohio me State too. Was stomp Michigan. Oh, they're having at home. I mean, there was no way they were going to lose to Michigan. I was more pissed off at how yeah. Michigan talked about Ohio right. State than Ohio State was, apparently. Yes, 100%. The players and coaches, it would seem. 100%. Yeah. So I was shocked. And I will be even more shocked if it if the same thing happens again year three. I just don't see it happening. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just don't. So agree. if they can take care of Michigan – they're going to be the class of the Big Ten. I mean, it, it really does come down to – yes, the Penn State game – it's a huge situ- huge game. I believe Ohio State's hosting it, so I have less worries about that. I always feel like, at least recently, Ohio or Penn State has been more hyped than substance. They've got some pieces. They got some mm-hmm. pieces. Don't get me wrong, but I have zero faith in Franklin to put those pieces in the right places on game day. I, I get all that. Here's my only my only caveat to that: why I think this game could be more dangerous for Ohio State than maybe we think. You and I have the same opinion of James Franklin. But whatever your opinion of James Franklin is, you have to be willing to admit one thing. He can get his teams ready to play Ohio State. Now, he's lost some games because they make some dumb in-game decisions against Ohio State, like the fourth and five draw play and all that. But even when they're not good, I mean, last year they lost by 13. In a, it was a much closer game than 13. The year before, they lost by nine. The year before that, they lost by 13. That was a COVID year, competitive game. Ohio State beat them 28-17 the year before that. It was 27-26 the year before that, 39-38 the year before that. Penn State beat Michigan or beat Ohio State the year before that. So they just have a they have some confidence against Ohio State. But to your point, I just don't have the faith – 
that James Franklin is going to be able to make the right decisions in game for them to win that game in Columbus. Is it doable? Sure. Right. But what makes me even less confident in it is it's you're going to need Drew Aller to win you that game. As much as I love their running backs, and and they are arguably the best backfield in the country, at least the, I don't think they're the best backfield in the country because I think there's a drop-off between one and two and then everybody else because of some guys that left this offseason. But it's a very good backfield, very good backfields. And Nicholas Singleton has a, is going to have a chance to be the best running back in college football this year. Has a chance. The difference is, is you know who else knows that? Jim Knowles in Ohio State, and they're right. going to say, we're not going to let you do that. We're going to attack. We're going to blitz. We're going to do this. We're going to make you beat us with your quarterback, and I don't think Drew Aller's in a position to do that just yet at Columbus. That's my big thing. Now, I do think Drew Aller's going to get that big win the next week, Vince, and to your point about Penn State being more substance or more hype than they are substance, I actually think they have a lot of substance. I don't think they utilize that. So I think they're, they That's under the key. Penn state to me constantly has more talent than their record should dictate last year. I thought they benefited from a, a somewhat soft schedule that they won't have this year, but I really like this Penn state team. I, I do. They're going to be in That's year fair. two of Manny Diaz's defense. I'm not a huge Manny Diaz fan, but it is again, year two of their defense. I think they have some really talented front seven players. Uh, you know, you've got some, even though you've got some new faces at defensive tackle from a starting standpoint, those are guys that have played in past years. I like their front seven, you know, losing Joey Porter Jr. stings. They lost the safety school player, but they also have Kalen King coming back. They recruit that position secondary very well. I, I think that the big thing for me is watching Phil Troutwine finally get the offensive line going last year was something for me. And, and what kind of woke me up to that, you know what? Penn State might have turned a corner. And so that's why they're a dark horse for me to win this division. Because when I watch them go against Utah, now again, Utah lost Cam Rising. But even before Utah lost Cam Rising, watching Penn State physically go toe-to-toe with Utah was something that was like, okay, this is a little different than what we've seen from Penn State in the past, where you can kind of punch them in the mouth and they couldn't out-athlete you and they couldn't win games. They physically battled Utah. And I was impressed by that, right? I mean, I don't care about the outcome as much because it's a bowl game. Cameron Rising got hurt, all that. But just the physicality that I saw uh, to me from them last year showed me a little bit of something, Vince. And okay. here's something else that showed me something. They got embarrassed by Michigan. They choked the game away against Ohio State. They destroyed the rest of their opponents the rest of the way. Now, they weren't very good, but they destroyed them. They beat Indiana 45-14. They beat a Maryland team that gave Ohio State everything it could handle, I think, the next week, 30 to nothing. They beat Rutgers 55 to 10, and then they blew out Michigan State 35 to 16. Now, you could say, well, that's, you know, it's not overly impressive. But, yeah, it kind of is because they did what they needed to do, and they showed some mental toughness. So why do I have them over over Michigan? It really comes down to schedule, Vince. For me, it, it, it does. I, I have – they play West Virginia – at home, Delaware at home, at Illinois, that game is going to define their season to me. If they can, and that's a game. If I'm Penn State, that is a survive and advance game, dude. That is a. I don't care if they win by a point. I don't care if it's ten to nine. Sure. Get out of Champagne with a W. That's all that matters. But even if they lose, I can still see them going ten to two because I actually have them. Here's the here's the thing that's I actually have them losing that game. Hmm. I have Penn State losing that game. And then I have them losing to – so then they play Iowa at home, 
at Northwestern, UMass at home. Then they go to Columbus. I have them losing that game. Then they're Indiana at home, at Maryland, and then home against Michigan at noon, and then Rutgers at Michigan State. Comes down to this. I think they're going to beat Michigan. I think they're going to lose to Ohio State and beat Michigan. And that's why I have them losing. And then, of course, I have Ohio State beating Michigan. So I have them both having two conference losses, but because Penn State wins the head-to-head, that's why I have Penn State being number two. But I could see Penn State pulling off an upset this season. Now, because here, here's the path to Penn State. I just They've got to either figure out a way to beat Ohio State, which they just haven't really done. But if you lose that game, you got to beat Illinois, and you got to beat Michigan, and then you got to cross your fingers and pray that Wisconsin can knock off Ohio State. And mm-hmm. that Mich- – because, see, here's what if, – if Wisconsin can knock off Ohio State, if you lose to them, if Wisconsin beats them the next week and then Michigan beats Ohio State, Penn State wins the wins the Big Ten West because they'd have the head-to-head win over Michigan. They'd both be one loss. They'd have the head-to-head win. I just don't see there being two losses on Ohio State's in-conference docket this year. I could see them losing two games, Vince, Notre Dame sure. and maybe at Michigan, but I just don't see them losing two conference games this year. I just don't. And unless Penn State can figure out a way to beat them, I just, you know, I, I think they're going to finish second. But they right. are a dark horse to, to, to have some things go their way that they that they win it. That's the thing for me, Vince. Okay. So you have Michigan 2. And Penn State case 3. Is, is it just about your lack of faith in It's my last. So when I say substance, when I say lack of substance, it's not the lack of the talent of the players because I feel like – Penn State has done a really good job of recruiting. I mean, we've we've documented that when we talk about recruiting all the time. I mean, there's plenty of names on that roster that Notre Dame would love to have on their roster. I mean, that's there; those are facts, right? So, it, so when I talk about substance, it's the whole package. It's the game day package that Penn State presents, and that has to do with the head coach. And you know, you still have to be able to move the pieces where you need the pieces to be moved, and it has to be in a successful manner. They can whoop up on the the bottom end of the Big Ten and, and get all kinds of victories and all of that. Yeah, Penn State, right? Penn State, yeah. yeah. Talking about Penn State, and I I don't have their schedule in front of me. I was listening to you pull it up or talk about it. You said they go to Iowa. No, they get Iowa at home the they week after they play Illinois. So they're at Illinois. Right. Then that's a tough stretch. Iowa. That's right. a tough stretch right there. I can and see if, Iowa winning that uh, game. Then there you points. go. I I I trust the I trust Kirk Ferentz over James Franklin now. Kurt Ferentz doesn't have the roster that James Franklin has, and it's a home game for Penn State. So I'm sure that Penn State is going to be favored in that, especially if they go on the road and beat Illinois, right? right. That's a tough little stretch right there. Yeah. And so and and Vince, Iowa has beaten Penn State the last two times they've played in 21 and 20. So they got they got their number. Right. So I mean, Penn State won like six before that. Sure. Right. Right. The point is, I was not going to be intimidated by Penn State. Exactly. I just I still just don't think Iowa has enough horses. But here's the thing, Vince, to your point, the recipe for Penn State to beat Iowa is going to be the same as it is to beat Ohio State, which is you're going to need Drew Aller to win you that game against that Iowa defense. Right. The problem is, I just don't trust Iowa's offense to score more than 10 points. I can see Drew Aller leading them to 16 points and a win. (laughs) <laughs> that's, well, that's the problem. Maybe last year's Iowa offense. Come on, baby. Come on, <laughs> Iowa offense. Like I just need you to be serviceable. Serviceable's averaging twenty eight, baby. Come on. Right. I need right. you to get. I need you to do something for me uh, in the big whiteout or whatever they're gonna have when yeah. when uh, Iowa comes to town. But 
but that's that's my it's kind of a toss-up between the two. And I hate to say this out loud because it kind of tastes like acid coming out of my mouth. I I trust I trust Michigan more than I do Penn State. How can you not after the last two years? Right. I, I mean, how can you not? Absolutely. And so that's until until Penn State proves me otherwise, then I've got to have Michigan ahead of Penn State. Well, so if you want to talk about being proving something to me, that that's kind of they have done that against Michigan. Yes, okay. Michigan has beaten them recently, but Penn State has got plenty of wins in James Franklin over Michigan, and and they also have one including Ann Ann Arbor. I mean, last year that game got out of hand. It was I think I think Penn State was winning at halftime or. It's very close at halftime. I'm actually going to look that up. It was a very competitive game at halftime, but it was kind of like that 14 game with Michigan and Ohio State when Michigan was losing like 13 10 at halftime. But I remember a buddy of mine was like, What are your thoughts on this game? And I was like, It's not nearly as close as 13 to 10. Ohio State is going to run them off the field in the second half. <laughs> right. And that's exactly what they did. I think, no, it was, might have been the, it was, I think it was Harbaugh's first year. It ended up being like 42 to 13 or something like that. And you just like at halftime, you just knew it's, it was like when, Michigan State played Bama, and it was like 7 nothing halftime in the playoff, and you're like, it ain't a 7 nothing game, man. Bama's right. dominating this game, and they <laughs> went up 38 to nothing. But when, when you look at that game last season, Michigan was clearly the better team. It was 16-14 Penn State, or Michigan. Michigan kicked the field goal with two seconds left in the third quarter. Second quarter go up 16-14. But, like, Penn State got a touchdown off of an interception – like they weren't really moving the ball against Michigan, and then Penn State took an, an early third quarter lead. Then Michigan went right down the field four plays, and and then just ran them off the field and scored uh, would be it'd be 20, 25 unanswered points in the second half. But Penn State has also got some big wins over Michigan. The Penn State lost in twenty twenty one by four. That was a really bad Penn State team that lost to a playoff a playoff team and only lost by four. The last time they played in State College, Penn State won 28-21. And then the time before that that they played in State College in 2017, Penn State blew them out 42-13. to So they've gotten plenty of wins. Since 2010, they've got four wins over Michigan in State College. They're 4-2 and two against Michigan in State College. And so that is a game that they have shown that they can, they can beat Michigan in State College. They almost beat Michigan in State College two years ago, and that was a, what, 7-6 and six Penn State team? Right. So it's a little different than their rivalry against Ohio State because before this two-game losing streak that they currently have against Michigan, they had won three out of four against Harbaugh. So, you know, so I, I think that they have shown it. And it basically what it, my prediction for that game this year, Vince, was going to be who's the home team. Okay. Like if this was at Michigan, I'd be saying something completely different. I'd be picking Michigan to win the game. But I'm going with Penn State because I, I like their talent. I think getting the transfer from Kent State was big. I would have uh, Dante Cephas. I would have taken him at Notre Dame in a heartbeat as a transfer this offseason. So I think that'll help them in the pass game. I just really like their ability to run the football. I like their line, and I think they got a really athletic defense. And so that's why I'm going there. And here's the other thing for Michigan for me, Vince. I'm just not. I thought last year's Michigan team, and this is going to sound really, really kind of petty, and and you know, because <laughs> I'm, I'm all for I, it. I hate Michigan and all that. It's really not. I'm all it, for it. It's really it, not that. For me, when I looked at that Michigan team last year, it's like they were the one of the least impressive, really good teams I've ever seen. Because you just kept watching them, they'd win these games convincingly, and you're just like, it's just ugly. It's like they're not even that good. And then they right. they play TCU, and they just they get ripped up by TCU, and it just you know it's like the the Illinois game. Illinois got screwed in that game. It's absolutely oh, yeah. screwed in that game. 
You know, uh, they didn't play, they, you know, they played really sloppy against Maryland. If Iowa had any kind of offense last year, they could have beat Michigan last year. I mean, any kind of offense whatsoever. I just look at it, Vince. They've, they've lost a lot of talent the last two years. I don't love their front seven compared to what it was two years ago or even last year. They've lost three first-round draft picks off their D-line, and they went through a stretch, COVID and beyond, where their recruiting was kind of mediocre up until this past year, and this is the year it starts to hurt them, in my opinion. They got some really good, talented transfers in the O-line. Their O-line's still going to be very good, but they're mixing in three new starters. It's a little different animal this year, where last year was like just plugging the center in. Now there's going to be three new starters in the offensive line, potentially, you know, as transfers. I don't love their receiving core. It's not super talented. I think losing DJ, DJ Turner is going to hurt them a lot more. You know who right now is projected to be their starting corner? I believe it's still Amorian Walker. Really? The kid that was committed to and play receiver. Yep. I just have these visions of Amorian Walker trying to cover a Mecca Igbuka and Marvin Harrison Jr., and it just ain't going to work. <laughs> and I don't think they're good enough in the front seven now after losing Hutchinson and, and uh, Ajabo the year before and now losing Mozzie Smith, I just don't think they have the same horses that they did. And I think that they're going to get exposed a little bit. And I just – I love the talent at running back. I think J.J. McCarthy is a scrambler. I think he's very overrated as a passer. I saw one of the most absurd comments the other day from a former college quarterback. I think it was Jordan Rogers. Said he's the most talented quarterback in the in, in college football. No, he said that about Joe Milton. Somebody who was it that said JJ yeah, Joe McCarthy Milton was? was. No, it was it was uh, no, it was it was Jim Harbaugh. He said that he's the best quarterback that he's ever had, and he can't remember having anybody yeah. any better or something. Along there was those somebody, lines. some national guy that had something about JJ McCarthy. It was just absurd, okay. and you're just like. And then Ryan had the comment on Twitter the other day that just sent all the Michigan people out of their minds. He said, <laughs> "Stated fact: Drew Pine is that JJ McCarthy threw as yeah. many touchdown passes last year as Drew Pine." I'm, I and Michigan sure fans lost. I remember seeing that back and forth between him and it's like, hey, this is just a fact. I mean, yeah. it was just, you know, you take it however you want. And he played 15 games, you know, right. Drew Pine started exactly. 10, 9, 10, right? Last year. Didn't even play in the bowl game. Right. So, yes, you are correct. But uh, yeah, Jordan Rogers said about Joe Milton. Somebody else said something recently about Joe, about JJ McCarthy. And I just was like, wow, that's just uh, the hype on that is just crazy. Oh. And so I, I just think that they're going to, they're going to take that little step back this year, Vince. Now, they're still going to be very good. I'm going 10 and two, but they're not going to sure. be as good as their final record because their schedule is embarrassingly right. soft. Right. It is embarrassingly I mean, soft. Michigan's I just, schedule is embarrassingly soft. Oh, my goodness gracious. It is really bad. But I still think they – and I think it's going to look a lot like the 2016 season, Vince. That's exactly how I see it playing out. They're going to be 9-0 and and rolling into November, just like they were – you remember that year in 2016, Vince? Uh, I think they were – they ended up getting up high as up to, I think, number two in the country. Let me pull that up. They climbed up. They were all the way number three. They were 9-0. and They had just beaten Maryland 59-3. to They had beaten Michigan State on the road. They had a win over uh, Wisconsin. They beat Penn State early in the year, 49-10. to If you remember, that was a Penn State team that ended up winning the Big Ten championship. They beat Colorado 45-28 in a year where Colorado played for the Big 12 championship or Pac-12 championship, uh, blew out Illinois 41-8, to and then they went on the road to Iowa, and Iowa beat them. And then the next week they came back, had a sloppy win over Indiana, and then the next week Ohio State beat them in overtime double overtime. And I think it's going to go the exact same way. I think they're going to lose to Penn state. 
beat who they have coming up in between. So it's it's Penn State. This is how it works. It's Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State. It's how their season's going to end. Okay. I think they're going to lose to Penn State, sneak by Maryland, who's given Michigan some problems in recent years, and then lose to Ohio State. That's how I see the season playing out. Okay. I think they're going to get their revenge on the road is where I think it's going to be for Ohio State. So, um, and if he says he's the best quarterback he's ever had, I just, I laugh at that because I'm like. I'm pretty you, sure it was you, something you, along those lines. You had Andrew Luck, bro. You know what I mean? Exactly. But exactly. that's just kind of my takeaway why I have Ohio State beating that team, Vince. And I don't think there's anybody else that's going to challenge the big three in that division. Nope, so. not a chance. There's a huge drop off at that yeah. point. I, the the bottom four was just like, okay, again, shake them up, throw them out. I don't really care what order they come in because it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, and I don't see any one of those bottom four. I mean, you know, could it be you know a situation like when Purdue beat Ohio State? You know, that kind of a thing. Could one of those guys like jump up? get just a victory that no one saw coming, like one of those kinds of situations where they actually have an effect on the the final standings and the whoever is going to go to the Big Ten Championship and stuff like that. Sure, that it's college football. It's one of the reasons we mm-hmm. love college football. It's definitely a possibility, but I can't sit here and predict that one of those four teams is going to jump up and bite one of the top three. I just yeah. That's just not, that's not a logical take. So, no. Vince, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Title game, Ohio State versus Iowa. We both, we both have that. that. And yeah. then Ohio State wins. Yeah. Again, and then I do Iowa predict have the that Ohio State that. will then go into the college football playoffs. Yes. At 11-1 and one yeah. in the regular season. And, go and a conference champion. Yeah. Yep. Only losses in September right. to what I think is going to be a very good Notre Dame team, who I also have predicted is going to be in the college football playoffs. So you've got two of my playoff picks now, folks. you got two of them now. So Ohio State's in, Notre Dame is in. And right. there will not be a rematch in the first semifinal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.